The views on a breath of fresh air podcast reflects the parties involved, and we encourage you all to use it as a conversational tool that will lead to personal studies of your own. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Welcome to a breath of fresh air podcast. Here with your hosts, Earl Roberts and Nakaz Gay. As a young person, Christianity can be so foggy, like smoke in the mirrors and so unclear. But we're here to bring you a breath of fresh air. Hmm. I think Michael liked David, you know. I could get him. I could get him and watch this. She could trip him up. She could trip him up so that the hand of the Philistines might be upon him. Attendance! Yes, my lord? Speak to David privately and tell him, look, the king likes you, and his attendants all love you. Now become his son-in-law. As you wish. David. Greetings. Special order from the king. Okay. He wants me to tell you, the king likes you. And his attendants all love you, you know that. Now, you should become his son-in-law. Son-in-law? I don't think you guys understand, like, you think it's such a small matter to become the king's son-in-law? Man, I'm poor, (laughs) like, look around, I'm poor. And I'm a little known, like, there's not something I can do. I'm sorry. Your Majesty. I relayed the message to David, but he politely declined. He mentioned something about being poor and it not being a a small matter to be the king's son-in-law. I I guess he's concerned about his financial obligations to you. Hmm, his financial obligations, he say. I got it, I got it. I want you to go back to David and say to him, the king wants no other price for the bride other than a hundred Philistine foreskins to take revenge on his enemies. As you wish, my king. (laughs) Yeah, there's no way that he's going to kill a hundred Philistines. (laughs) Good news, David. So the price changed. He's not requiring a standard dowry. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. For a fighter like you, the dowry has to be something fight-related. Something war-related, you know? Mm-hmm. I like the sound of this. So, instead of a hefty dowry, he wants you to prove yourself. He's asking for a hundred Philistine foreskins for the price of his daughter. A hundred? That's it? You're telling me? For a hundred foreskins, Michael can be my bride? <laughs> okay. Looks like I'm going to be a prince today. Guess what? The king wants a hundred? Ha! He's gonna get two hundred. Men, let's go! Alright, man. We've done it. Two hundred foreskins for the princess. Here you go. 
You did it? I mean, um, wait, you did it. Uh, you did it. Yes, your majesty. You over there, count them. 200 even, your majesty. Well, all right then. David, here is Michael, your bride. To David and Michael! David slew Goliath, the Philistine champion. This accomplishment came with a lot of recognition from the town folk, the army, and most importantly, the king. How will this newfound fame affect David's life? This week, we are exploring 1 Samuel chapter 18. As always, be blessed and enjoy. All right, welcome back to another episode of A Breath of Fresh Air podcast. We definitely appreciate everyone who tunes in on a weekly basis. We definitely, definitely appreciate it. And I'm going to use this time right now at the beginning of the podcast to, one, encourage you guys to do a study of your own. I know you just heard it probably about three minutes ago, but it is never a bad time to remind you to that everything we talk about, I would want everyone to research it. And if you are a repeated listener or one of our weekly listeners, I would greatly, greatly, super greatly appreciate it if you share the podcast with two people. Yeah, I'm starting to elevate it now. I used to say <laughs> one. I used to say one. Yeah, I know, I know. But two people. I mean, if you're getting blessed by it in some way, shape, or form, or even if you're not even getting blessed, if you feel like it's an interesting conversation or an interesting discussion, or just a thought-provoking conversation that stuff you have never thought about, at least share it with two people now. We really are trying to push our growth initiative, especially heading into the summer months now. And yeah, I ain't even going to say it. We got stuff planned. I said it, huh? <laughs> but <laughs> we got some stuff planned, but we're definitely trying to grow our summer initiative. Um, we definitely want you guys to start sharing the podcast as best as you could. Share with two people. Two people. It could be a friend. It could be a family member. I'm going to even give you a break. I'm going to let you share it with someone you shared it with before and then one person new. How about mm-hmm. that? Definitely appreciate it. But... Yeah, man, definitely like if you're on YouTube. If you're not on YouTube, go to YouTube, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button if you're not subscribed. And if you're someone new, we definitely appreciate you hitting that subscribe button. And leave a comment. Leave a comment on Spotify. We usually ask a weekly question on Spotify. I don't know about the other streaming apps if it shows up on that, but Spotify. And definitely leave a comment on YouTube because we appreciate the engagement. So, yeah, I guess that's that for that. Yep. Housekeeping items. And oh, another thing. So the weekly thought is more like a weekly reminder. I know the beginning of the year, um, I spoke briefly about having a prayer list and a prayer answered list. And for anyone who took it seriously, I mean, I am doing it and in the process of doing it. But I started to actually review it two weeks ago. I reviewed it this week again because I actually want to talk about this last week. But last week we had Dominic on the podcast and we ended up talking about something different that was relevant for the time. So I'm bringing it back. But the prayer list, like, I was looking back on my list this week and I was like, we're maybe five months into the the year by the time this come out. And almost halfway through the year, but I'm like, God has already answered some big prayers for me personally that I had this year. 
And even looking at the trajectory of certain other things, I'm like, he's already blessed me in ways I didn't even anticipate it to be blessed. Mm. So I would definitely encourage everyone to have a prayer journal. And it's not to say keep tabs on God, but it's more so for you. So when you actually look back at the year or look back at the month or look back at the quarter, look back at the day, look back at the week, I know I kind of went out of order there, but please forgive me. But it's a record for you to see how God has blessed you through your journey. Because a lot of times we come in a year later and we're at the place we prayed for. We're at the very place we begged God to be, but we don't notice it because we're so focused on trying to get the next blessing. Mm. So I definitely want everyone to keep a prayer journal and to go through it and actually tick off the blessings and the prayers that God has had. And even write down in the prayer journal a way you were blessed that you didn't even anticipate. Because I think it's good for us when we go back to be reminded of God's goodness and to have a personal track record of and a personal testimony that we can be that we can share whenever, like to with our friends. Like I don't, I don't even think I gotta be in a church setting, man. Like to me, a lot more blessings happen. My personal perspective, because I ain't saying this like it's a fact. But I feel like a lot more blessings happen when you actually like share God's goodness, offer your free will to your friends and family than you might even get when you go to church. Because sometimes when people get, people are scared to share in that open setting and that open forum of church. But you go like me in the car, we'd be talking about our blessings during the week, how God blessed us. And that, and that encourages me. Because I know if God bless him, you know, God's in the blessing business. You know, God can mm-hmm. sprinkle a little bit of blessings this way. Right. And I think it works vice versa. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, man. I don't know if you got anything to say about that, but I feel like I was <laughs> going on just now. But No, I yeah. just I just got to say God is good. I, um, you know, when... When things kind of flesh out a little more, you know, I'll be giving a, you know, a few testimonies of mine. For and the again, year. that's part yeah. of our plans that we have coming up. Yeah. <laughs> and for our special episode that's looming ever so closer now, which we got to talk about off mic. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just, but, but I mean, God is good. Anybody who has who is, um, been jotting down or had a prayer journal and, you know, prayer answer journal, you could definitely reflect on that you know but then at the same time just be mindful that god's grace is sufficient you know Mm -hmm. even if the thing that you prayed for has not been answered it's not a no you know what i'm saying it might not be a no i'll say you know it might not be it might just be a not now it might be a no but just being realistic you understand but it can also be a not now you know Mm -hmm. so and even with the not now it kind of brings back to something that we were talking about again off pod i know we keep on saying off mic but we look at the story of Moses. Moses wanted to be the ruler of the, well, the ruler, the leader of the Israelites, to lead them out of captivity out of Egypt. But when he wanted to do it, it wasn't the right time. But when it was time, well, when God knew it was time for him to lead the people out of Israel, that was when he was given the rightful opportunity to do it. So to Kazi's point, even though God might not answer your prayer right now, it took Moses like 40 years before he, before he actually got that prayer answered. 40 years. Do you know how much time? I haven't even been alive 40 years yet. Right. Let's just let that sink in. So again, like, even if you might be praying earnestly for something and God literally might be saying, it might seem like a no, because I, I'm sure to Moses, but yeah, 20, oh, that's a no. Yeah. But God literally said, you still ain't at the point yet where you're ready to receive this blessing and this honor or this responsibility yet. I need to carry you through some more humbling processes or if you carry through some more life trials before you're ready to lead 
these people that are Israel for you're ready for the blessing that you think you are ready for, but trust me, you're not ready. But yeah, speaking of God blessing people, last week we had the amazing guest Dominic McFall. And we talked about David and Goliath. And if you've been following with us recently, or if you're catching back up with the episodes, or even if you're jumping into this podcast for the first time, the title probably already gave it away. But we're continuing with the story of David. More so now with his interactions with the king, King Saul. And not even to flush it out a lot, but definitely go back and check out the past episodes. We know King Saul started off good. He lost his way along the way. Mm-hmm. I hate saying way twice, but you, know, you guys get the point. He lost his way mostly because of pride. Really, truly, just because of pride and arrogance. Um, and God withdrew his presence from Saul. God told Samuel to anoint a new king, and that king was David. As I mean, I think even you don't you don't have to be full of the Bible to know about King David. So this is the famous King David that the Jews, Israelites, hell, hold in such high regard. Yep. And for good reason, even though we're going to get back into that story. But last episode, David was the famous story of David and Goliath. And there were so many sermons, topics, motivational talks based off of that one chapter in the Bible. You would think it's a whole book. Yep. <laughs> but, but it's a really impossible story. Slaying your giants. And I'm sure everyone heard a summer sermon about that. But now we're continuing that story now. Because after David killed Goliath, guess what? There's a lot more David's story left. So now this week we're picking up in First uh, <laughs> Samuel chapter 18. And we're going to get into a lot of stuff, so I guess I'll just get into it. Uh, verse 1. As soon as he had finished speaking to Saul, and this is uh, David we're talking about, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David. And Jonathan loved him as his own soul. Bro, I'm going to just, yeah, I know it's one of the first verse. the King James. I read the actually ESV. Oh, ESV. Okay. I read the ESV. My bad. Gotcha. NIV started to get a little too weird to me. And <laughs> I know of ESV even a little bit better, but ESV is still easier to read. Okay. So I, I box between the ESV and the, and, 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 new, and the New King James. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure. We were like, on the same So thing. I could follow. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all good. My <gasps> bad. Yeah, I did switch. <laughs> so I know. So again, I know it's only first one, right? But I know a lot of people is have questions about this very verse. <clears throat> I don't know if you wanted to tackle it. Bro, this remind me of when um, uh, Ham saw Noah's nakedness, right? Mm-hmm. And people allude to the idea that Ham sexually assaulted Noah. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that he did or didn't, but you can't get that based on what the Bible says. You understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? People, people allude that this is some type of homosexual connection between David and Jonathan. Quite frankly, bro, I can't prove or deny it. But you cannot you cannot derive that f- based on this. You understand? I feel like that's just that's just a difference in in culture or the dif- a difference we look at masculine affection mm-hmm. towards each other. You understand what I saying? I remember when I was on a, a basketball trip. I was fourteen years old. We we had visited um, South Carolina to play basketball. We were driving, bro. It was a long drive, right? I saw one of my teammates lay on the shoulder of another one of my teammates. This is before we had camera phones and stuff like that. But I. Everyone was so tired. I look at him. 
And I wanted to laugh and tease him about that, right? But nobody said nothing because at the end of the day, we tired, bro. All of the jokes about your masculinity and, <laughs> and your sexual orientation, like the mm. jokes about these things, bro. After a while, bro, it's like, bro, all right, like, it's a time to play, but it's a time not to play. You understand what I'm saying, bro? But at the end of the day, if you my boy, bro, I should be able to lean on your, to, to hang on your shoulder, bro. You should be able to normalize telling your friends that you love them, bro, your mm -hmm. male friends. Or like your male family members, stuff like that. So if you say, if we say our soul when our souls would knit together, bro, we talking about soul. We're not talking about carnal propensities, bro. You understand mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like, I don't understand how people can get like that. They they now you could now one could argue that they had a, a attraction to each other based on that line, but I can't say that these people was 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 homosexual in any type of way. I just feel like in the Bahamas, we say stuff like this, my soul take to this person. Exactly. Right? That just means that, like, in America, you would say, they got good vibes, bro. I mm -hmm. like their vibe. You know what I'm saying? You you can meet someone, bro. You just have natural chemistry with this person. Nah, saying that, people might assume, oh, that's homosexual. But when we talk in sports, you could say this athlete and this athlete, they got chemistry together. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so I actually feel like they had really good chemistry towards each other david and jonathan and that's what it means for their souls to be knit together no but i, I actually agree because let me give a quick example the reason, the reason why i actually touched on this just because i know so much people try to say it as a homosexuality i'm like i don't want to just pass and not address it from our perspective that's mm -hmm. the reason why i even like give light to it but when i first went to college one of my best friends now leslie I didn't know him from an O and a Cherio at that point in time. <laughs> yes, I said O and a Cherio. I don't know why. That's a but bad word. I don't I didn't I didn't know him from a can of paint. But instantly when we met, I was like, yo, cool, like this guy is something like special, you know, kind of mean like we're like best friends to this day. Mm -hmm. But to me, I think it was like from the instance that we got to know Jonathan, we know he had a, some type of zeal and he was zealous for God. Yep. We know David exuded that last chapter. Especially, so I thinking I'm thinking that yo they got to talking and they was like Jonathan was like yo because from what we assumed maybe like five chapters ago Jonathan had to be older than David. Mm -hmm. That's what I assumed just based on the timeline of Saul being king and then Jonathan already a exactly adult could fight. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. I think Jonathan. I mean Jonathan had to be older than David, but they, Jonathan was like yo this little guy is something special. But then think about it. Jonathan was fighting, but they didn't make it seem like. Oh, you was too young to fight. But when David go to fight, they're like, oh, this this young boy, you mm -hmm. should be, you know, um, tending the sheep. That's a good point. That's yeah. a good point. So I, that should even, like, even lead more to Korean. So, yeah, Jonathan was definitely older than David. Yeah. So, I just think Jonathan was like, yo, this little guy is special. He definitely hot for God. And again, I just see this man kill Goliath. So, they both like to fight in the name of God. And they both got that faith. So, I guess they just instantly clicked to your point. Their, their spirits took to each other. They had a good vibration, vibes, like... So right. definitely. And and then it goes on to say, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul, mm -hmm. right? So people could feel like that's romantic type of love, right? But you don't love yourself in a romantic way. That is I, a don't, I don't know if if like the average person is capable of that. I, I'm sure there, there are people who have certain different realities, right? <laughs> but I, like if I, I love myself, but I, I don't feel like I'm capable of loving myself of being romant romantically attracted to myself in that Fox. type of way. And so I feel like if we just take the Bible at its word, you know what I'm saying, and, and we don't put um, 
societal, just based on our society's mm-hmm. depiction of, of certain things. Like, cause, cause think about it, right? In the Bahamas, you can say a word, you can say a phrase, bro. That means something specifically only to Bahamas. You can say that same phrase to Americans or someone else, and it means the opposite, or it means something completely different. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I just feel like to love someone or something as your as your own soul. You know, I don't, I, I, I can't get romantic out of that. Just personally, I agree. So in verse two, and Saul, and Saul took him that day and would not let him return to his father's house. So again, this is right after the custom of David and Goliath. We see that Saul, after he slew, after David slew Goliath, was like, "Nope, you're not going back home." Remember, Saul did ask him, did ask his armor bearer or the or the chief of the yeah, chief of the guard, yeah. the captain Abner, of the guard. Abner. Exactly. It was like, um, who was this guy? And he was like, well, I guess he's the son of like, you know. No, he's saying, who was his father? And he's like, I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> yeah. I, I sure, he so was like, the Lord live. As, as, you, as you live. Uh, yeah. I do not know. I do not know. <laughs> <laughs> and then Dave was like, yeah, I'm the son of Jesse. It was not. So anyway, so we see Saul was like, yeah, you're not going back home. And Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was on him and gave it to David and his armor, and even his sword, and his bow, and his belt. And David went out and was successful wherever Saul sent him, so that Saul sent him over, so, so that Saul set him over the man of war. And this was good in the sight of the, all the people, and also in the sight of Saul's servants. So David dressing like a king, and, well, like mm-hmm. a prince. A prince. Right. But and that's he, still pretty good, because we know, like, from, like, what, I guess, five chapters ago that, only at that time, only Saul and Jonathan even had swords. Right. So. Exactly. I mean, I would hope that, that <laughs> things change by then. You know <laughs> what I'm hope. saying? But <laughs> we don't know. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So we know David have a sword now for sure. And he's proven to be one who's a good fighter. So you're going to need that. And then Jonathan was like, bro, I can make sure you fresh too, bro. I can make sure you look like the prestigious person that you actually are. You know, I just met somebody. I was at a, a, a poetry a competition for the weekend. I met this dude for the first day and we was cracking jokes. Like we was lifelong friends. Just like that. You know, and it's mm-hmm. a good dude. Like it's, it's he's a real good dude. So like and and I'll be honest, bro, it's been times when I've admired people, men, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like not in a not a, not in a not in a homosexual way. But bro, I look up to men all the time, bro. Like it's when I was younger, I didn't have like a tight relationship with my older brother. And so when I see older dudes who like I, I, I look up to, I would wish that they were my older brother. You know what mm. I'm saying? I wish I had that type of connection with them, you know? And I just feel like if if men weren't so skeptical or if, if it wasn't like stepping on eggshells to talk about platonic relationship with other men, mm. stuff like this wouldn't be misinterpreted. You know what I mean? Like, it's it even a little uncomfortable <laughs> for me to talk like this. You, you feel me? But in actuality, that's, that's just... The it truth is just, will set it's you the truth. free. You know what I mean? It's the truth. I love God. You understand mm-hmm. what I say? I got two like, questions for you, yeah. though. Go on. Like, oh, I don't know if I cut you off. Though. No, yeah, let me finish this point. Yeah, finish. I want you to finish the point. I love God, and I feel like I want my soul to be one. I want to love God like I love myself or even more. Like, So if Jesus was here in the flesh, mm-hmm. I would love to have that type of relationship with him. And ain't nobody could tell me I like man or, or whatever because of that. You understand? Yeah. <laughs> so, first question. Don't you find it ironic that Saul couldn't give... David couldn't wear Saul's armor, but he could wear Jonathan's armor. I, I do. And the second part of my question is, think about it, right? I know we talk about this 
I don't know how much episodes ago this was. Because how we record these is, is throw me off. But, right? Jonathan is essentially giving the new king his armor, even though Jonathan, by birthright, should be the next king. Right. This just come to me, so I right. don't even know. But <laughs> so, I just, I just, I just no, find it kind of ironic. No, but I thought about that. Well, the thing, the reason why David couldn't wear um, Saul's is because he wasn't used to it. You understand? So David was just like, bro, this would be my first time going out. You're trying to fight with this. I ain't used to this, bro. You understand? But it wasn't that. See, like, the narrative I was taught as a child was that it was too heavy. You understand? But it might have been heavy or not. But at the end of the day, David kind of made it seem like if I if I practice with this a little more, I'll be able to use that. So Jonathan gave him his armor and he probably say, all right, cool. Now nah, I have enough time with this so I could use this in battle eventually. But I really realizing that Jonathan really is a selfless person. You understand? I feel like Jonathan, his ego ain't in the way. That's why he could go on a solo mission to fight without without seeking mm-hmm. glory or without like telling people, you know, I gonna do this or, or come with me, bro. I want you to ride with me to watch me do all of this. So I, I could see Jonathan giving that to David because this dude, this dude earned stripes, bro. This you you earned the esteem that come with this. You understand? I still can be Prince even though you wearing this this thing. Well that might be his mindset. He you don't even know what's going on, right? But at the end of the day, I could see that he 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 truly did love David, bro, because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's certain things I wouldn't do. You understand? At Nakaz, you know? And I feel like I one of the coolest dudes around, you know what I mean? But just this Instagram, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> but it's certain things I would I just wouldn't do, bro. Like it's certain like me thinking, bro, I don't want nobody to try to upstage me or what I have going on, you know what I mean? I think that was crossing a boundary given David that cloak or his robe or whatever. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it just showed that he's not even worried about titles or anything. Like, he's one of them people who you need in your corner, bro. They're not going to be jealous because of your success, bro. I feel like Jonathan was saying, bro, even if you was to be king one day, bro, I happy for you. You the right man for the job, bro. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So he, I feel like Jonathan was, was a person that knew God and listened to God. You know what I'm saying? He could see the same thing but David. And so that didn't stop him from showing David love in the way he did. Hey, and honestly, not to even diminish anything you say, Say my own father already tried to kill me. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But love is lost, bro. Right. <laughs> like, love is lost, bro. <laughs> my own father, bro. <laughs> tried to kill me. He, he, he swear to God he was gonna kill me, bro. Like surely as the Lord lives. lives. Oh yeah, man. Bro, I was in what? No man. Yeah, I I studying him. So in verse six, as they were coming home, they I guess anyway, we can see as they were coming home, when David returned from striking down the Philistine, the woman came out of all the cities of Israel, singing and dancing to meet King Saul with tambourines and with songs of joy and with musical instruments. Hmm. And the woman sang to one another as they celebrated. Saul has struck down his thousands and David his tens of thousands. Hmm. And Saul was very angry. And this, say, and this saying displeased him. He said, they have ascribed to David tens of thousands. And to me, they have ascribed merely thousands. I added the merely in them. Mm-hmm. And what more can he have done? What more can he have but the kingdom? And Saul eyed David from that day on. I just find it so interesting that every time we talk about Saul and, and Jonathan, they two, they polar opposites. 
Exactly. The Bible <laughs> is almost like purposely paint them in the same like, in the same chopped in different lights, bro. Okay, let's 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 go back. Mm-hmm. Samuel was was a, was kind of in his feelings because Israel rejected him as <laughs> right. So they 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 anointed Saul as as the king, right? Samuel um, lived long, but keep going. Right, and then Saul he did good. Until, started off. He started off good. So we know we have one evidence of him following God, right? And they were successful. We have another evidence where he decided to take matters into his own hands. We had a difference of opinion on that. I thought that Saul was being zealous, but just in the wrong way. He had the right, he did the wrong thing for the right reason. That's how I felt, right? But now, as the chapters progress, we see Saul really wants the glory at all times. Here it is. David did something that he was afraid to do. Him and all of Israel, everyone in the army Mm -hmm. was afraid to do. And now David is getting credit for his success. And Saul is jealous of that. I actually feel like this comical, bro, like reading this. Like, I'm just like, bro, is this real? Is this this a caricature of somebody that's really like jealous? (laughs) (laughs) Because like, the man just returned home, bro. He just, bro, in verse verse five, they talk about um, Saul and David went out and was successful wherever Saul sent him, right? Mm-hmm. So that Saul sent him, um, so that Saul sent him over, set him over, set him over the the men of war. So we, we based on that, we could we could assume that David had many missions, right? But now in verse six, he just getting home. Tamar just getting home, and they celebrating him. But the first thing you saying is, hold on, wait, wait, I only get thousands, but they give him tens of thousands. So now you can see the you can see the need for validation or, or the need for praise just mm-hmm. seeping through his veins right now, bro. And, and it's boiling, it's boiling his skin because he like or boiling his blood because he like, bro, I supposed to have that glory. He mm-hmm. tried to take it from God, right? And God ended up turning his back on him. And now he like, bro, I have to take this from David. That's how you feel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and again, it's so interesting because you you said it perfectly. Like, this is this is. Saul was scared to fight Goliath. Yep. We see Goliath was already dead. And the inference from the text is Saul sent him out on many more missions. So now word get back that, okay, the army coming back home. And they have this new champion, David. And so now you're saying, oh, David killed his tens of thousands, Saul only thousands. But I'm like, Saul, they still... Only y'all who they singing about. They are still literally, what get me is they still literally singing your praises. But only because they giving David more praise than you, mm-hmm. you say, hold on, this ain't good enough for me. But, but let me show you what I just think about. Saul home, right? To hear that. Mm-hmm. David coming in from where? War, right? Mm-hmm. David <laughs> killed, you think David physically killed tens of thousands of men? I think he sounds so no. Right. So so I think this is alluding to tens of thousands of men being killed under David's yes. leadership. Mm-hmm. Right? Saul, you had the opportunity to lead every campaign that you set David on. Remember, that was one battle where he killed Goliath, right? You decide to set him over all of these battles, right? And now that he has done exactly what you wanted him to do, you jealous of that. You was home, bro. You could you see where it coming from? Yeah. You could have, but you could have got all of that, bro. You could have lead the campaign, or you could have been right there alongside David. You decided to stay home. And now you are mad at that. That is now that's crazy. Excuse me. Cause I'm just like, if 
if for some reason all y'all fighting, you and David fighting alongside each other, right? Mm-hmm. But but David just going crazy and killing thousands and thousands of men. I can see you like, dang, like why I can't be? Why well, that can't couldn't be have that been good. me? Like why I can't be that good? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I can see that happening. You see what I'm saying? But if if you setting them out on on these missions and he coming back successful, bro, he, bro, there's nothing you could do about that. You mm-hmm. know, so you could just see where Saul really just he need that. He need that glory. You know, he need that praise. That's why he built the statue after he didn't even complete the mission that God sent him on. You know, completely disregarding the fact that he was only successful in this mission because God was with him in the same way God is with David. Mm-hmm. So Saul right now, he upset with David, right? But he really upset with God. But he don't even realize that mm-hmm. all of this could have been him if he had not um, disobeyed God. So right now, Saul in a predicament where he probably... Angry because, you know, when some people don't even they don't know how to accept the um the part they played in all of this, you know that's mm-hmm. how I feel with Saul. That's, that's how I feel a, with Saul. That's a, that's a story of my week. Well, let's keep going. <laughs> some people don't accept the part that they play on it, right? And then when they see, so you now he's seeing David being rewarded, right? So now he's jealous, like, bro, that should have been me. That should have been me. But no, it couldn't have been you, bro. Because you ain't give God the glory. Or you don't you don't even give God room to work through you. You consume so much of this, so much of yourself, bro, that God can't even work through you. And God refused to work through you. And now you see God working through someone else. And you're like, no, that should have been me. But you you oblivious, bro. Even to your point, the funny thing is not even that God didn't even choose to work through you. You shut out God from working through you by putting <laughs> yourself where God should have been. And so God was like, you have occupied the space where i should be so there's no longer room for me and you ain't even trying to make room for me Hmm. so since you are so self-absorbed i have no choice but to remove my presence from you because i literally cannot dwell here anymore this town ain't big enough for the both of us quite literally (laughs) quite literally and 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 that's the that's the danger of pride Hmm. because that's when we literally exalt we li- with pride, you literally put yourself where God should be. Mm. And that's the danger because it's so easy to do that. And that's, and that's all sin. And we see the detriment of that sin now where to David, David's getting, David ain't even bragging. This man coming home for the first time as a champion. You can't even let him have that. Mm. And Saul was very angry reading from verse 8. And the saying displeased him. They have described to David tens of thousands to me only ascribed thousands. And you see, we say, what more could he have but the kingdom? <laughs> he already got the so you already jumped. You already, <laughs> you already jumped. But the only thing you have left to get is the kingdom. Yeah. How you get there? But you know, he insecure. Super insecure. He insecure because Samuel already told him multiple times that his kingdom would be stripped away from him. Mm-hmm. So now he, he, he's playing he's as looking, they did. He's looking, looking for the candidate. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, if there's any other suitable candidate, because surely the Lord is with you yep. because... You I know that look. You ain't God, dead yet. God was with me at, at one point. I know I know that look. That's the sad thing about it. <laughs> and that's the sad thing about it because you're right. Saul definitely knows that look. <laughs> so in verse 10, the next day, a harmful spirit. So we know some of these troubling spirits were, were rushing upon Saul. So we see this harmful spirit from God rushed upon Saul. And he raved within his house while David was playing the lyre or the harp. As he did day by day, Saul had his spear in his hand. And he hurled the spear, for he thought, I will pin 
David to the wall because <laughs> Dor- because David um, but David evaded him twice. Bro, I bro, by the grace of God, and I am declaring this on the podcast. By the grace of God, I pray that the Lord blesses us to be able to produce cartoons, bro, Bible cartoons. But I would love to do an episode on this, bro, like mm-hmm. for real, bro. Like I talk about. In the future, man, God give us all of the resources. Amen. You, you try to pin him to the wall twice, bro. That means he missed the first time, right? And he's like, but get, get, he have a next day ready. <laughs> hey? <laughs> oh, shoot. I went off like mid-air, but I ain't hit him. So we trying to recalculate where David is and launching it for that spot too. Again, bro. But, but let me show you. This how far gone, Saul is, right? Saul, see God with this man, right? But he's trying to kill him. Mm-hmm. Saul feel like he could kill, he could stop God. Mercy. He feel like he could stop God. God, is te- God told you that your, your kingdom will be taken from you. But Saul is trying to stop it by all means. And that's crazy. That's why they say arrogance is like I, what, what, idolatry. Yeah. Arrogance is like idolatry. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying, bro? Because it's like you, you, you actually demoralize God. Like you, you kind of you minimize God. Basically, you feel like you could, like you could put an end to this, you know. But then you miss, and see, this is my thing, bro. You, something ever catch you off guard, and then you start. You have to stop and and kind of process what happened. That's how I imagine David is. He playing, he playing, he playing. Probably wasn't looking at Saul, and then he see a spare coming, and he duck. Yeah, that might have been an accident, right? So he paused, like, what happened? Next thing he know, another spare coming at him, right? He had to dodge that again and probably get out of there. You know what I mean? Or maybe Saul just ran out of spares and. <laughs> And then he's like, you know what? I'm I'm gonna get it's, it's getting a little hot in here. You know, pressure tall as pressure, we say in the bar. Pressure's a little tall, so I'm I'm just gonna have to, I don't to reconvene. I, apparently my my harp playing ain't working no more. <laughs> right. I wouldn't play the harp again if that's what could happen. <laughs> the devil sends some new demons now, buddy. <laughs> the harp ain't cutting it for them. <laughs> no. These them big ones. You need something stronger than a harp for them. Mercy. Mercy, but my word. So now, where was I? Um, in verse 12, Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him. To your point, Saul knew, like, hmm. I've seen this look before. Yep. I've had this look before. Yep. Hey, God with, God with you. Yeah. Especially if you miss my spare twice. Because yeah. again, I mean, like, <laughs> not even joking, but Saul is a trained warrior, warrior now. Yeah. Like, I don't miss much. Yeah. <laughs> I, I still miss, alive. And I miss you twice, bro. <laughs> exactly. In an open area, like not an open area, but a closed in area. A closed you know in I mean? area, not hostile environment. I, I I had time to think about it, bro. It was only only me that was about to throw this. Right, throw I have the element of surprise, bro. <laughs> I control the element of surprise that I miss, bro. Exactly. Oh my. So uh but uh verse 13. Yeah, so Saul removed him from his presence and made him commander of the a commander of a thousand. And he went out and came in before the people. So I think about it. Saul saying, okay, you know what? Because this might seem like a promotion to some, which it is. But you know what Saul's saying? I can't kill you. <laughs> I could put you in a rank where I ain't got to kill you. Mm-hmm. I could just let natural causes run their course. Yep. I could put you in charge of uh, army a thousand. That means you leading this army into war. You could be in the front of them. I ain't saying you could die, but there's a high chance 
I am putting you in the pathway to be on the front lines to die if anyone was to die. Because Saul actually realized that he ran out, as we say in the Bahamas, you know, mm-hmm. what he did was uncalled for, right? So Saul not thinking, this Nakar is speculation. Saul is not thinking, if I kill this man, it could look, look bad on me. It could look bad on me. The crowd, the the um the um the the people, you know, the sit the citizens, they gonna they gonna I'm gonna lose their respect. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna lose their trust. It might cause a riot. This y'all beloved warrior, y'all he just going to war for us and he just do a great thing. We have bragging rights among the town. You know what I mean? So I can't kill you, but mm-hmm. I can make sure you die. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I put you, I put you in the in the, in the, the most intense. Like I put you, <clears throat> I put you in prime time in this bottle. Like you, you gonna, you gonna feel this bottle. You understand? Ain't no way you could miss these bottles now. You know what's so funny? I just see where David learned it from. Right. I, I was thinking the same thing. I was thinking the same <laughs> Major thing. Major foreshadowing. Wow. But I just see where David really get it from. That wasn't a new trick. No. It happened to him. See? Oh, we have a lot to unpack during. Oh, man. Woo. But yeah. Wow. That just clicked to me. I think. So, um. I think it was 14. Yeah. And David had success in all his undertakings because the Lord was with him. This just reminds me of Joseph. What you meant for evil, the Lord meant for good. Mm-hmm. So you thinking I'm going to die, but now you're even bringing more glory to me because they have no one else to attribute the success but to me, even though it's God, because mm-hmm. David was still in his humble phase. So you, you put me here and I shine in because God with me. So nothing my hands touch is going gonna, is gonna to fail right now. Yeah. Um, and when Saul saw that he had great success, he stood in fearful awe of him. So now, now we're really seeing Saul saying, I can't win. Because hmm. now, if I even thought God wasn't with him before, and it was all just luck, I can't help but to deny the presence of God with David now. Yeah. Because I am literally trying to throw him into the lion's den. No pun intended for Daniel. Yeah. But he, the lions ain't eating him. Yep. I don't know what to do at this point. Yeah. The only thing I, I, I can't kill him. <laughs> the Philistines can't kill him. What are you supposed to do with this man? Yeah, you just can't deny that it's God. With him. Exactly. Like before, he might have had a little bit of doubts. Like, the mom might just be lucky. He might just be a good fighter. But now you know for sure this mom protected by God. Man, for the people to keep on loving him, bro, I just imagine this was like when, you know, that Israel used to go to fight against Jericho and not one Israelite would die. Mm-hmm. I really think like any, any campaign David lead, but we all coming back alive. Yep. So the people really just shouting like, yo, they just win. <laughs> but my son came back. I My son came back whole. Like, mm-hmm. That David boy. That yeah. David, is a, he's, yeah. a, he's a real commander. Yeah. <laughs> so now we see in verse 17, then Saul said to David, here is my elder daughter, Marab. I will give her to you as for a wife. Only be valiant for me and fight, and fight the Lord's battles. For Saul thought, let not my hand be against him, but let the hand of the Philistines be against him. And David said to Saul, who am I? And who are my relatives? My father's clan in Israel that I should be a son-in-law of the king. But the time when Merab's Saul's daughter should be given to David, she was given to Israel, the Metholite. Meholalite. Something. yeah. For a wife. But it's so interesting, right? Because, again, correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't Saul promise? He did. That whoever kills Goliath could take my daughter's hand and wife? So what is just coming about now? 
is Saul trying to repay on this promise or he just remember like, okay, I need to like, I trying to catch David in the snare, which we see again, he going to try to do, which you're going to recouple that. He's going to try to like catch David, but yeah, this ain't goodwill. This ain't, this ain't him um, <clears throat> holding true to his promises because he could have been did that. This, uh, this another scheme of his. He, he trying to, well, maybe, maybe, Maybe Marab, well, what, is that her name, right? Marab, I think. Yeah, Marab. Maybe she was like an annoying or something. You know what I mean? Like maybe, maybe it seemed like a blessing, but this would have been a distraction or a pain to David. You know what I mean? But David, David, David must even know what was going on, and he just like, nah, I'm good, bro. Because at the same time, right? If we think about how how it was in Genesis when you had to have a dowry, um, I remember, um. What was it called? Uh, Rebecca? When, yeah, so when Eliezer mm-hmm. came mm-hmm. To, to, to get Rebecca, he came with all his jewelry and, and everything. And then, <clears throat> remember um, when Jacob came to marry Rachel and Leah, she was saying that her father, their father did not return the dowry to them. And so that's, that's what kind of inspired Rachel to steal the idols from Laban. You know, this is in Genesis, mid, mid, mid-Genesis too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm thinking David is trying to tell him, man, this ain't no small thing to be the, the son-in-law to a king. Like, I can't even live. I can't even. I feel like David basically saying, you telling me to work for you to pay to, to pay for your daughter. And he ain't worth it to me. No, it ain't worth it to me, but I could be too much work, bro. Like, you, this ain't no small thing, bro. This is exactly. a lot of money. Exactly. And so, and uh, truly, that might be what Saul trying to do. Saul might be saying, like, let's say, let's say Saul say 100,000. Um, let's say dollars just for modern time, a hundred thousand dollars. No, let's say a million dollars to to is pay for my su- daughter to pay for my to pay for my daughter, right? But you have to fight for ten years to get that million dollars, right? David basically saying, bro, that ain't worth it to me, bro. I I have to I have to swear too long an oath and too much bottles just to marry mm-hmm. your daughter. This ain't no small it ain't no small thing, marrying If this was a the baker daughter or something like that, sure, I could do I that quick. That. Right, I could afford that. So. So, um, so yeah, David ended up not um not being able to marry Marab, even though he was promised her for killing um Goliath. Mm-hmm. So now we see in verse twenty. No, I I, I gone too far. No, yeah, I, I think so. Now in verse twenty, now Saul's daughter Michael, Michal, loved David, and they told Saul the thing that pleased him. Saul thought, okay, let me give her to him, that. She may be a snail for him, and that the hand of the Philistines may be against him. So now we see in Saul say, okay, she might like him, but I'm going to use this to my advantage. Okay, so here's what Saul did. So we see reading in verse 21 again. Therefore Saul said to, the, said to David a second time, you shall now be my son-in-law. He ain't asking. Nothing. He ain't asking. No. Dictating. <laughs> yeah. He dictating the terms. I guess what you think. No, 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 no. You will be my son-in-law. And Saul commanded his servant, speak to David in private and say, be, <laughs> it's so funny. Because then one day, it's like, Saul, yeah, he could be my son-in-law, but guess what? I still ain't talking to him directly. Mm-hmm. Y'all go tell him this in private. Catch him alone mm-hmm. when his guard down mm-hmm. and, and tell him these things. Behold, the king has delighted you. And I'd be like, Delight well. What delight what? Y'all forget them two spares that come up my head. Eh? He didn't like to kill me. That's what he delight. <laughs> he delight to kill me. 
<laughs> oh my, the king has to lighten you and all his servants love you. <coughs> now then become the king's son-in-law. And Saul's servants spoke these words in the ears of David. And David said, <laughs> does it seem to you a little thing to become the king's son-in-law? Since I am a poor man, going back to your point with the dowry, mm. and have no reputation. And the servants of Saul said to him, thus, and so said David speak. Then Saul said, thus shall you say to David, the king desires no bride price except a hundred foreskins. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, Four skins of the penis, just in case you guys were wondering. Yeah, and this is literal. This ain't figuratively. No, no. A hundred foreskins of the Philistines, that he may be avenged of the king's enemies. Now Saul thought to make David fall by one of the hands of the Philistines. So just to break it down for everyone, right? We know from, we know from the jump. Saul ain't care about it. Saul does not care. So just to make sure I don't get too behemoth for American listeners. Mm. Saul does not care about David's love interests in the slightest. Saul said, oh, my daughter likes David. Okay, let me use this to my advantage. Yeah. So, told his servants, go to David and tell him he don't got to worry about being broke. He don't got to worry about not having money. The only payment I want is 100, 100. Four skins of fill of the Philistines. So that means David, David himself physically needs to kill one hundred Philistines and cut off the foreskins off of these a hundred male Philistines specifically and bring them as evidence to the king as payment of the dowry for his daughter Michael. Mm-hmm. And so Saul's saying, guess what? Now this should be he has to go directly in direct combat with them. He probably gonna die. Yep. <laughs> so I just try to put him like again. He said this is gonna be a snare for him. Yeah. No. Michael will be a snare for him. I. So watch this. I feel like this multi layered, right? Mm-hmm. But first, I want to talk about the foreskin thing. Yeah, go for it. Because I didn't do any research on this, but just in my head, canon. Um. The the circumcision that was a covenant with God, right? Mm-hmm. So based on that, you understand that by circumcising, you making a covenant to say that I'm gonna serve the most high God, right? Other than that, if you're uncircumcised, that means you are a pagan. You worship idols or false gods in some type of way, right? And so I feel like <laughs> circumcising the men, like especially after you killing them, you understand? I feel like that's like a, a form of, of taunting in, in a way. You understand it what is. I say? Right? So, so you taunted them to show them that, bro, you just get killed by people who serve the most high God. You are a pagan. You understand what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. You have anything to say on that? No, because I was going to say, like, and this super in the future, right? But we all know the book of Timothy. Timothy wasn't an Israelite. He was actually a Greek. Mm -hmm. His father was of Greek descent. But Timothy circumcised himself just to not be a stumbling block for when he prophesied to any Hebrews. Mm. But his father was completely outraged. Mm. Because he, because his father was like, you know, my son is not going to do that to himself. Mm-hmm. Because that was an ultimate disrespect to the Greeks. Mm. Because you desecrating yourself. But to your point, I just want to reinforce your point. In David, having to circumcise a pagan, he only could have done it after he was dead. Right. So it was like a double whammy to all the other Philistines. They're going to hate David even more because not only are you killing 
Not because nigga, but yeah. not only you, not only you killing my friend, brother, uncle, father, you also desecrating that dead body mm-hmm. after the fact. Yeah, and you do it to ninety nine more people. That's ninety nine more families. Yeah, it's pretty nasty to me, but I guess it was a different time, right? <clears throat> Another thing though is remember back when um when I think this is in the Torah mm-hmm. when they was putting together the army, they say. If anybody plant a vineyard, you understand what I'm saying? Don't go fight, right? Mm-hmm. If anyone just get married in a year or less or had a house recently, don't go fight. I think that was in Joshua. That might have been. I can't remember. There's some. There's somewhere. Um, in the, there's somewhere <clears throat> around some this. Kind of Deuteronomy-ish, but I right. could be wrong. Right. No, no, no. I just want to make sure this wasn't something in Samuel or Kings that I'm thinking about. Uh huh. But, um, to that point, you if you if you in love. You go out to war, you might be your mind might be distracted, bro. You understand what I'm saying? You don't want to be twenty. All right, appreciate it. Your mind might be distracted. You understand? You have other things like even Paul. Paul was saying that I wish that men just not men. I wish that people just wouldn't marry. Like just be <laughs> like me. That way you can be focused on God. You see what I'm saying? Like there, I'm um, Sam, I'm um, Saul. I believe he's, he he want David to be focused on this girl. You know, and actually. Might be distracted, you know. Another another reason why they didn't want people to do these things is because you don't want to die and not be able to um, use um, utilize your vineyard or your house or a- anything like that. Mm-hmm. But I feel like one, he wanted her to be a distraction to him. That's number one. Um, oh, I can't even remember what, what my other point was. I can't remember what my other point, but we might as well, we might as well just move on. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Um. So we see, and when the servant told David these words, it pleased David well to be the king's son-in-law before the time had expired. So David arose and went, along with his men. So we see David also had men with him. Mm-hmm. And killed not just 100, mm. not 120, not 150, not 175, but killed 200, 200. Philistines. You say you want a hundred? No, I gonna make good on this promise. I can give mm-hmm. you double what you wanted. And David brought their foreskins, which to me is still completely gross. Mm-hmm. But to Nakas's point, it might be a different. It was just a different time back then, mm. which were given in full number to the king, that he might become the king's son-in-law. And Saul gave him his daughter Michal for a wife. But when Saul knew, but when Saul saw and knew that the Lord was with David. And that Michael, Saul's daughter, loved him. It's like a double army for him mm-hmm. now. The backfire. Saul was even more afraid mm. of David. So Saul was David's enemy, enemy continually. The commanders of the Philistines came out to battle. And as often as they came out, David had more success than all of Saul's servants. So that his name was highly esteemed. That ends First Saul 18. Yep. So... What's your overall thought so far? So basically, everyone in Saul's family loved David, but Saul, basically. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know if Saul had a wife, you know what I mean? Like, I'm sure he, I'm sure he did, or maybe he had multiple wives. He would have to have a wife. Yeah. Because I mean, he had, like, three kids that we know of that are named at this point in the reading. Right. But, like, see, I don't know if he had, like, one or, or just multiple. Or if he or, was, like, Solomon. Right. We mm. know we know how Saul was giving it up, but <clears throat> we know we know his daughter, Michal, mm-hmm. loved him. And we know Jonathan loved him. Mar- Marab, we don't know what her demeanor was, but 
we know Saul hated the mom. Mm-hmm. You feel me? But everyone, everybody just seemed to love him. Everyone loved, loved David, you know? And even after Saul tried to kill David, David was chill. You know what I mean? David working for you. David cooperating with you. You know, David fighting on your behalf. I don't know if he had a choice. Probably didn't. You know what I mean? But he didn't see him upset about it. You know? <clears throat> I Log on. I was like, but that really speaks to David's character. Because think about it. Like, I know I am the next king of Israel. Throughout all this, I know I'm the next king. And I still being humble. I ain't rubbing it in your face. I ain't telling no one. I still working for you. You tried to kill me twice. And I assume David ain't no stupid guy. Yeah. You trying to get me killed. Yeah, I can see it. <laughs> you trying to get me killed. Not only because you only killed me, but you putting me in positions to be killed. Hmm. You putting me in circumstances where I shouldn't be coming back. But I know God with me and I just moving in faith. And David ain't no punk, neither. Yeah, but he killed a bear. Yeah, so. And a lion. That hundred Philistines. He looking at that like, bro, that's what you, bro, that's what you trying to kill me with, bro. Because like, we see David was pleased. Yeah. He was delighted. Oh, yeah, that's he's it. Like, oh, what? That's it. I thought I was gonna have to fight another bear, bro. Like. <laughs> but yeah, that's just wild to me because I'm like, that just really speaks to David's character at this point. Because I'm like, because again, this is something I want us to like keep on reasoning as we go through the story. Because even when he gets his more heavier tests. We are still going to see how his character being a man after God's own heart really shines. Mm-hmm. And I think even in these beginning stages where we don't really see the test, but to me, this is even a test too. Like, bro, this man just tried to kill me with a spell and I and I have to stay humble. Mm-hmm. And that'll be like, bro, this is why you want to be king now. Yeah. You're around here trying to touch God's anointed. Dog, I don't have to tell him something, bro. I mean, he could try to kill me, bro, but I could be on that seat when you gone. You know what I mean? So. Exactly. <laughs> and see, this is why I wasn't king. Yeah, real dog. But then... Same time, you know, he had a lot of respect for the king, which was also his best friend's father and his father-in-law at the same time. It's, it's a lot going on. It's a lot going on. But Saul really, you know, it's, just, it's like when the Bible say, I'll make your enemies your footstool. Mercy. Saul really was David's footstool, bro. Saul was his boss, right? But at the end of the day, Saul getting all, I mean, David getting all the fame, right? So it's like you working for the company for some for a company, right? Mm-hmm. But then you getting the day salary, you getting the CEO salary, like everything Mercy. that Saul want in the fame and accolades, David was getting. And then David now marry into royalty while he have the armor and the robe of the son. You know what I mean? He well respected. They singing songs about mm-hmm. David. All of these things Saul want. And I don't think Saul want them because David have it, you know. I think Saul just generally want that praise. You know, but David getting the accolades, David leading the men, you know, the people happy to fight with David, David winning. Mm-hmm. David, David is getting every single thing that Saul, um, that Saul wants and, and every snare that Saul tried to put in David's way, it actually starting to turn into a blessing. You know, he, he put David in the army so he could get killed, but David ended up winning and winning. He have a good name. He, 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 um, <clears throat> he, uh, um, he kind of join Michael and David together like to be his fiance or, or his wife or whatever so that that could also get him killed and now she end up your daughter now your daughter in love with the enemy now you understand what I'm saying so like Saul Saul life really just just falling apart because mm-hmm. of his hatred for David now he could have just chill and play that liar 
You know, and things wouldn't have been as bad as it is now. Exactly. But no, every time he try to dig a grave for David, he's end up getting off in the lane in, in that same grave. You know, and my thing is like it really shows how <clears throat> pride and arrogance is like idolatry, and how envy is an offshoot of that. Because I'm thinking now, Saul is Saul so much, but admit to himself that David, that God is with David. But again, he's still doubling down in his own insecurities, bro. Hmm. And again, we still see like Saul ain't even, he ain't even trying to make amends with God. He ain't trying to consult God. He ain't trying to talk to God. But he's still trying to kill who he so much but already know that God, that this, like, this is the person who's going to replace me. Mm-hmm. And he's just trying to kill him. Like... Man, like this envy thing is so is so serious because we see now Saul was Saul hate David, afraid of David, but he still ain't going to God, and he, it's just crazy to me. Wait, every, every but your kingdom looking good because of David, bro. I mean, true God, you understand what I'm saying? But God using David <clears throat> to be an instrument. But one thing I want to know is how many Philistines were there, bro? Like, like they keep fighting these Philistines from but time it, memorial, but it never ending, right? <laughs> but David fighting. On behalf of David, probably is the most successful out of anyone. You know, God's with him. Your kingdom looking good, bro. But the only thing you could focus on is your kingdom being in jeopardy. And you know, your descendants will not sit on this throne. And that's all because of you. Somewhere along the lines, you're still forgetting that God keeps his promises. You understand what I'm saying? You can keep trying and trying and trying to change God's will, but it will not happen. You cannot change his will, you know? Like, bro, like, it's funny because... God, the Bible been here for thousands of years, mm-hmm. right? The devil has at his disposal the Bible. He could see the prophecies. To, you understand? The, the dragon wage war against, you know? Mm-hmm. But he can still try to fight, even though we could see how the, by the it's written. The end, bro, like the ending of the book, it is it's written. It is, it oh, is it written. It is already written. It is written. And prophecies <laughs> must be fulfilled. For, must be fulfilled. And it has always been fulfilled. But the devil... It's still gonna try, mm-hmm. you know. That's the crazy thing to me, you know. And and that's what, and that's how you can see what is inspiring Saul, you know, unaware, completely unaware that his battle is not flesh and blood. It's principalities. You understand what I'm saying? And he is losing. He's losing to, to the enemy, right? But at the end of the day, he thinking God is the enemy. He thinking David is the enemy. And so that's what we trying to fight, right? And so now you double losing, bro. You double losing, you digging yourself deeper and deeper and deeper. You making it hard on your children. Jonathan could have been a king. Jonathan had the heart of someone who follows God, but because of your sins, mm-hmm. you end up jeopardizing Jonathan's future. Mm-hmm. And now David has to pay for the things that you have done. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's just how the devil. That's just how the devil treats us. You know, the devil he deceives us, he confuses us. You know, he leads us to um, not. Um, give God his glory and to kind of stray away from God. And then <laughs> when there are consequences that come about because of our actions, then he leads us to be upset with God. Like it's God, like God do something to us and not the other way around. I think all in all, really and truly, it just really just is a reflection point because we see how envy, jealousy from the first murder in the Bible kind of played a pivotal part because just like Cain, Saul knows what would please God. But he doubled down in his heart and said, I'm not doing that. And one could argue, 
it was Cain's pride and arrogance that led him to kill Abel. Because Cain said, my sacrifices will be good enough for you, God. Mm-hmm. I don't care what you say. Yeah, God chose Abel and God, Cain was like, no, I'm going to kill Abel. And I guess in Cain's flawed thinking, you have no choice but to accept my sacrifice at that point because there's no more Abel to accept my sacrifices. And Cain, pride, saying, I'm not going to bend to God's will, led him to kill Abel. Saul's pride, exalting himself where God should be, making himself fill the void where God is, saying, I am the reason Israel is so successful. I, it's because of me we're winning all these battles. It's because of me we're defeating the Philistines. It's because of me we're defeating the Amalekites. And God said no. But now when there's someone who's actually filled with God's spirit, it's funny how people who has exalt themselves as God, Allah, Satan, saying, yeah, I'm going to try to take that out. Hmm. As in our crucifixion episode two, three weeks ago, saying that we see when, when the devil was like, yeah, I'm going to kill Jesus. I'm going to rile up the crowd to get Jesus killed. But it's when you're at that point, when you're really at your lowest, because the devil knows he's going to lose. Saul, as we read in this chapter already, accepted like, this guy is the one who's probably going to be the next king. And we're already seeing, because we see how it turn almost from jealousy, envy, to being a fearful. Because there's nothing else I could do at this point. Saul knows I lost. And the crazy thing about it, the devil knows he's lost too, but he's still going to try to get as many to fall with him as he possibly could, but he knows his fate. And to me, it really poses the question, if we know that our pride, our envy, our jealousy is getting in the way of us letting God take control of our lives, should we allow that to continue or should we just finally let God take control? Saul's attempt to slew David was a failure. So instead of actively pursuing David, he kept sending him off to battle, hoping that he would die by the hands of his enemies. But even that was unfruitful. Now, after many failed attempts and some words from his son, Saul finally has a change of heart. Or does he? We'll find out next week on the next episode of A Breath of Fresh Air. Tonight's episode included voice acting by Dominic McFall, as well as your hosts, Earl Roberts and the Cars Gay. Remember to go ahead and research on your own in order to get a more firm understanding of tonight's episode. And if you enjoyed it, make sure to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. You can follow us on social media at A Breath of Fresh Air Pod on Instagram and B O F A P O D on Twitter. Thanks, everyone, and we'll see you next week.